Hmm. No pores. Yeah. That should be his boxing nickname, like the poreless wonder. That's terrible. <laughs> All right. We can. All right. Here's the minute before. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast, your weekly podcast that delivers a minute-by-minute breakdown of the 1986 Transformers movie. This is episode 68, so we'll be covering the one-hour, seven-minute, and one-second to the one-hour and eight-minute mark. This is your host, Aaron, or as many people call me, the ultimate male, (laughs) or the ultimate object of desire, and with me are Caleb and Ryan, aka the ultimate meatballs, and with that, I'm going to jump straight into round two of our Rocky Rundown. Wow, <laughs> we're going right to it. Well, I love it. I mean, we got to do it sooner than later. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's already we're already two weeks. We've got to talk weeks about the Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to make this one quick, but I think the main update is that Ryan has uh, he he did a little marathon session. I did, yeah, a couple and... weeks ago. I watched them all. I buy, I buy just uh, like a, sometimes, and this is funny. Like late at night on weekends, I will be like, I'll get like. There should be a breathalyzer on Amazon because sometimes I will receive things in the mail that I have. I'm like, oh, yeah, I ordered that. And I never regret it, but I'm like, hmm, maybe if I'd been totally sober, I wouldn't have, <laughs> I wouldn't have navigated to that. Um, but yeah, It sounds I, like uh, all of West's Christmas presents were bought. What a hateful thing to say. <laughs> Um, no, I... Uh, West is Ryan's girlfriend, and as I recall, she received a... Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I saw that coming a mile away. <laughs> Wait a minute. She was listening to the Autopod Decepticast after dark. She got that sweet ass facial. Disgusting. Christmas. No, what, what, Christmas. Did, what did you buy her though? <laughs> I got her, I think you're referring to the nut bowl, which the sounds filthy, but yeah, it was the, like the bowl where you could, uh, it had, um, like, um, ses- or, um, is that sesame seeds? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you eat them and you like, and like it a, just collects a tray to spit the spit. cheese. Those are not sesame shells. No, they're um. No, they're what are they? The baseball players. Pistachios. Well, no. no. God dip sunflower seeds. Thank sunflower you, seeds. Jesus Christ! I couldn't bring up sunflower seeds. Um, yeah. <laughs> Although I do like the idea of snacking on sesame seeds. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I do have toasted sesame seeds um, in my freezer, and sometimes I'll just grab a spoonful and throw them down. Um, they are delicious. Yeah. Sesame oil is delicious. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like that, it had a tray for the seeds and a tray for like the spitting, and then but also like the weirdest part was like a little slot you can put your phone in to watch TV or watch videos. <laughs> it's very weird. Weirdest it cost me like eight dollars. That wasn't her major present. <laughs> sure, it's the only one I can remember off the top of my head. Uh, back to the Rocky Run. Sure. So the listener may recall that Caleb and I both put Rocky at the yes. top of our list. Then yes. I followed up with Rocky 2 and Creed. Caleb reversed that, went with Creed as number two, Rocky 2 as number three. And then uh, I think we're more or less in alignment. No, I guess we flip-flopped on four and three in the four or five spot. But we both 
ended off with Balboa and Rocky Let's Five. See, ours are very similar. I could probably justify making some of the changes that Aaron has, and I'm not. I'm not. We could fight this out all day long in well, a proverbial no, Rocky style. Yeah, well, but the thing is, I'm trying to say is, I I wouldn't fight it out at all. I I'm saying that I would comply. Probably, I I can. I would probably comply with some of your list, and perhaps I could comply with yours. So there's no fighting there at all. You're right. It's there's, a stalemate. There's no stalemate. I don't know. There's no competition here at all. I'm saying <laughs> I could agree with you. Friendship. Yes. A friendship and move instead of a fatality. Yeah, there's no fatalities here. There's <laughs> what about a fatality? Caleb's really trying to work on this new, like, non-aggressive persona. No, there's nothing aggressive. I'm just fucking... I'm not, I know. All right, so... And then Ryan, he... Rocky, Rocky... I went crazy. Yeah. He started with the art film, jumped right into the wacky films, and then, uh, then went back to art, went back to commercial comeback... Back to art again, and then how dismissive we all we all ended with uh, Rocky Five as our yeah. least favorite film. So I don't know where the follow up to this is. Oh, well, I have it. it changes, and, and yeah. I, I've got a problem with what with Ryan what he with changed. the new list. Yeah, uh, yeah, I um uh, I went through and rewatched them all back to back, which I definitely recommend because, like I was saying, there are things you pick up from not even just flashbacks, but like in every movie, it there are little moments and collections of things from the previous movies. Um, I updated the list to be number one, Rocky two, number three. I don't know, I, that was weird. I didn't number these right, but number one, Rocky two, number two, Rocky three, number three, Rocky four, Creed five, Rocky four. Six Balboa and seven Rocky Five. So Rocky and that's Five, pretty still much Balboa and Rocky Five are still your lowest. Yeah, I mean, I thought you I put. Would, I, I thought in your list you put Rocky original Rocky like down at five. But, uh, but that's so I, I feel a little better about this list. I thought you put the original Rocky way down in the list, and I was like, what the? I hell? think that was my. No, nah, yeah, I, I don't know why you're thinking that, but um, that's fine. But I'm, like. I'm really, uh, I will say, and I, uh, we, uh, Mike Seibert's been commenting on uh, a lot of these as well, and we've had a kind of a back to uh, back and forth. Um, he mentioned, uh, uh, oh, he was talking about having to rewatch them and something about um, revising his stance on Rocky Three, um, which uh, is, is he hates Rocky Three. I don't know, but I, I haven't listened to the uh, the interview that he's talking about where he they talk about it, <laughs> um, but. Uh, Rock. If I had to pick one Rocky and I could only watch one forever, three would be it. Hmm. That's the one I would never. I would watch that one over and over. I would stick with the original. I I know, and that was one thing that stuck with me too, Caleb. Is that uh, we, Mike and I were talking about that, and like Rocky one is really good, but like boy, if you in on rewatching, the pace is just glacial. Well, see, this is the thing, though. I guess we've established that I like <laughs> I like glacial movies. Like I could sit through. 2001 Space Odyssey again and again. I'm really drawn. The pace of Rocky, the original Rocky, is it's not glacial. There's a lot of dialogue. And so I think it's just the expectation. Are you wanting to see act, literal action or well, are you wanting to see dialogue? And development. Sure. And, and that's the thing is that's what makes the movie so good. And, it, and it's but, also it's the foundation, the cornerstone, if you will, of all the... If you don't have that set up from that movie, you can all say, the movies you, are garbage. You yeah, don't care. You could say it's the first movie of the series, really. <laughs> I mean, yes, absolutely, and for all those reasons, that's why it's great. But seven movies in, I have—it's like again, I say over and over. The sh- we have shorthand for it now. I'm like, I don't really need it. So watching it over is it, it, almost boring because I'm like, I—it's I, not—it's more like I—it's not even I know all this. It's like, gosh, 
this is the pacing is is so slow, but it's because uh, they're setting up a whole world. Whereas now I know what the world is. It's it's the same way of like watching a movie, especially like an intro from like the nineteen forties. It's like yeah, all right, get to it because like we have shorthand now where we can we just we know this is how movies are set up, so we, you can just jump right into it. Sure, I don't. I think there's a quality though that people are getting away from where dialogue is important. I agree. And, I it just depends on the type when of I'm, movie. When I'm wa- sure, and when I'm watching, and yet 2001. <laughs> when I'm watching Ro- the original Rocky, I am really impressed with uh, uh, with Stallone's ability to. Um, deliver his character so comprehensibly. Like, it's a very it, it, naturalistic to the point portrayal. where I can't tell if he's improvising mm-hmm. because he knows the character so well, or if those are actual lines. Like he, his delivery in it is just well, he did write it. I know, so obviously he understands the character very well, but it, to the point yeah. where it almost seems like he's on the he's almost like method acting. Yeah, that's that's the thing is it's a very naturalistic yeah. like performance. It doesn't feel like acting really. Yeah, and like and then even like Burgess Meredith's character. Oh, so good. It's like is like. Solid and it's almost that scene part. with him and and um, in the in the in, in the Rocky's apartment? apartment, yeah. Oh, oh it's where tough. he's trying to like. Convince and him? I forgot that Bert, like that um, Burgess Meredith was kind of a shithead in that movie. I mean, this, he was until he realizes Rocky can like it has a shot, and he's like, yeah, you know, trying to kind of hitch his wagon to that star. But there is that line where he's so dismissive of Rocky because he feels like he squandered his talent. Right. Um, but yeah, that that scene is very emotional. It's hard. So, yeah. uh, would you say, Ryan? I mean, and I, I want to talk about a couple things here, and then we should probably move on because we don't want this to be a twenty-minute conversation. <laughs> but Rocky especially right if we do, you put uh, Rocky two at the top of the list. I think we talked about this offline. It feels like Rocky two has a lot of the same elements of Rocky one. It's just faster paced and it's yeah. easier. Yeah. To digest in that way, trying to so wrap it's, that. it's almost as artsy. They're trying to wrap that story up, right? Exactly. It's almost as artsy, but it, it moves a little faster. Yeah, it moved from number I think five I had it at to number one. <laughs> so, but you just said Rocky three. If you could only watch one, why don't you put Rocky three at number one instead of number two? Um, because I just I enjoy both of them, but I think Rocky two is a better movie. I just didn't, in terms of rewatchability and enjoyment, mm. I like Rocky Makes three sense. better because it is so rewatchable. But I think Rocky two is better. Um, and it, like in rewatching Rocky Two, I just forget how good Carl Weathers is in that, where he's just obsessed with getting Rocky back in the ring. Ah, Carl Weathers, the <laughs> Rocky Three is all about the eye of the tiger. I love. I think that's what I love too. Is if is like the quote unquote villain of the first two. Like it's a, if you if you have a villain around long enough, they become a hero, like the Terminator. Sure. But um, yeah, I think that's what I like so much is those two together against Clubber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, paper champion. <laughs> Last episode recap, you guys may recall Ultra Magnus, back to life. The Matrix, gone, but there is still hope. And an objective is agreed upon. Do you remember what that was? Uh, Unicron. Yeah, kill him. Let's kill him. The Junkions pull their ship out of the... Trash. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And It, 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 it becomes an erect... Phallus out of the garbage, <laughs> some might say, and the teams group up and board ships to head to Unicron. And Kill the Grand Poobah. So yeah, right at the top of the minutes, Junkions, Autobots, they've boarded their respective ships. We hear kind of a roaring sound. Uh, the engines charge for launch. They're ultimately just kind of blowing debris all I over do, the place. I do love this. That, uh, that, uh, 
at like uh, five seconds in to this minute where uh, the ships are starting to take off and there's that glowing from underneath and the yeah. trash just starts blowing out. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very on brand for like your sweet shuttle taking off conveyance scenes, which, like I said before, this movie is like 50% getting from A to B. In reality, I mean, it, would this blast apart the whole damn planet? <laughs> it's just garbage, though. I mean, it's Who fine. Who fuck? Yeah. I've, I've, there's probably enough mass to keep it all together. <laughs> the two ships, they simultaneously leave the gravitational pull of the planet here. Uh, notable, the Quintesson ship leaves a red-ish exhaust trail. Yeah. The Junkion ship leaves a kind of yellowish-green. Um, but at any rate, cool animation all the way. Headed it's up cool. to space. I love it. They're on their way, man. So we fade out, and we open back up at uh, the planet of Unicron. Galvatron is calling out Unicron's name, taunting him mm-hmm. over his possession of the Matrix. I'm glad you paused it here at about uh, 24 seconds into this <laughs> minute, um, where they we see that Galvatron has the Matrix on a chain around his neck. Because um, uh, I was looking at that, and I'm like, man, that chain must have sucked to animate in the same way of the net that mm-hmm. try, they try to capture Blur with. Not as much, so, but God. So does, I guess Galvatron does not have a Matrix hole in his chest? He's a Decepticon. Decepticons do not have matrix holes. I think that's, that's the implication. Okay, I understand. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, spoiler, later in the movie, Hot Rod addresses why he can't open it. Or I guess Ultra Magnus mm. couldn't open it either, but... Hmm. Mm. But Ultra Magnus had a matrix hole. Do, true. Do you know of anyone in the Transformers fandom that's ever like made like a, an, like a chain with the matrix <laughs> on the bottom of it? They should. And it'd be pretty badass. Honestly, yeah. I am we'll sure get Jacob the jeweler up in New York who makes all the medallions for the rappers. Somebody must have done that. Listeners, send us information. Send us a, a, a Matrix necklace. And I think, speaking of the, the to tie this in with Rocky, or specifically Rocky Three, Mr. T would probably look really good with a Matrix <laughs> chain. <laughs> Clubber Lang with the Matrix. Okay, Aaron's seeing, I'm seeing a lot of this. I'm okay, seeing a lot, but time. it's not as magnificent no, and robust as I would well, like. It would be enormous if you were to really... I would just want it bigger than this. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's all. I mean, this is, I think, literally somebody took the toy and put a ch- tiny little well, ring. but look, some of them, like, scroll up. I mean, I want a little bigger than that. What about that, that one? I want at least as big as your standard <laughs> Jesus piece. How big is a standard Jesus piece? Aaron? I don't know. That's microphone enormous. size. <laughs> that I wouldn't call that standard. I was just imagining if if Clubber Lang literally had a size accurate matrix around his neck, it would be like the size of his entire chest. Yeah, it would be huge. So, but that's uh, pretty cool. Anyway, yeah, I yeah. mean, I don't necessarily need it to be in proportion of what it is for sure, Galvatron. Of course, but of you, course. Would, you would want it to be at least like yeah, maybe like, five inches across. Uh, maybe a, even less. Maybe four, three four. and a half. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Well. We know it's happening for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent work, guys. And of course, that is an accessory that comes with. Is it the? Is the? <clears throat> what Galvatron is it that that comes with? I've seen the toy. Uh, well, have. there is fans' toys. Sovereign has. I think all the third-party Galvatrons of come with a, a, a Matrix. That's a no-brainer. So yeah. the chain, 
Hard to illustrate. Damn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, Speaking of illustrations, I went back and paused it right at the um, 67-18 mark, and just the opening shot here of um, Unicron, Unicron is again. This harkens back to the beginning of the movie, yeah. where some of the most be- beautifully illustrated moments are, yeah. and just the layers and layers mm-hmm. of shading and just uh, detail, it's very pretty line work on here are so freaking awesome. And also in this sequence leading up to. Uh, right before Galvatron speaks to him, um, is I think this is a reused animation sequence or panel at 107.21, which is sort of where you where Galvatron is standing uh, on a ledge here, and you see kind of some of the inner workings of mm-hmm. Galvatron, or I'm sorry, of Unicron. Yeah. And again, great line work, and it's really awesome. I feel like that is a panel from whenever, like maybe whenever he gives him the revenge, the ship. Yeah, I wonder if the revenge did it slide out of that. I can't dock. remember. I should have. Uh, it's not no. occurring to me until just now. But yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's an amazing <clears throat> shot where Galvatron is standing on Unicron. It's so detailed. Right, and it gives a good sense of scale. Mm-hmm. So um, as soon as uh, Galvatron has that moment, we hear the much recycled Unicron scream audio. <laughs> by the way, uh, very, that was a good <clears throat> well, imitation was good. of it. Um, Motor mouth Carter. <laughs> so Galvatron basically says he's in charge. Unicron's going to do his bidding, or he is going to taste Unicron's all that wrath. motherfucking wrath. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. I love the animated sequence of kind of the struggle. You can sense right off the Look bat. Look at how fat Galvatron's fingers are. <laughs> he's just manhandling that matrix. He's got some sausage phalanges going on over here. Um, so it's clear that it's not really going to be that easy for Galvatron to win this one because he's pulling on the handle. He starts to claw at the grip of the uh, Matrix, and uh, Unicron at this point speaks and you know lets Galvatron know that you've kind of uh, not really done planned this out up. very well. Uh, yeah, I I think Galvatron made a serious error here, like not <laughs> figuring that out first. <laughs> Yeah, on the trip over, he should have just did a, did a little test pull. I would. Just like, <laughs> stupid, <laughs> stupid move. He just thinks it's gonna work. Yeah, right. I mean, he's very arrogant, and uh, I mean, taking on a, t- a planet is it like that just created you. That's yeah. pretty. That's pretty balls up. I think cockiness um, is a trait that he's had ever since his true. Megatron days. Yeah, 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 it's pretty good. Un- unearned cockiness as well. <laughs> Well, he thinks he destroyed Ultra Mag. I mean, he did destroy Ultra Magnus. Uh, well, the sweeps did. Right. <laughs> but um, I mean, I just love this part of like where he's about. It's about to just go off. And um, I, I, okay, let me ask you this: We're about to see the beginning of the transformation sequence. Do you think there's anyone, apart from really young kids, going into this movie that didn't know Unicron was a transformer? You probably had to guess. I would think even not even get like yeah. I also to pull to just check it out. I pulled up the U.S. Uh, theatrical trailer for mm-hmm. this movie. They, they just spoil it. They gave it away. They have they show him transforming. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck is that all about? Right. Which is really weird. But then they did another weird thing where up top at the trailer they say, starring the voices of Judd Nelson, Leonard Nimoy, and Orson Welles. And I'm like, who's this for? Why are you advertising it like this? Like. Kids don't know or care who that is, and parents aren't going to go see this movie uh, because of that. But the actors, I mean, they're probably doing it for the actors, where it's like the actors want name recognition. <sighs> yeah, yet. I wonder if that's a yeah. Is I that don't a, know if, if you have top billing, do they have to say your might name? Might be for the, a, but it might be for the parents. But as I've well. never seen any other. What else are they going to do though? 
Just not put. But I just doesn't because it's a it's a design to get kids to ask their parents to go to the movie. I just don't. It's obviously for adult. That part is for mom, dad. We but, gotta go see this movie. It's got Judd the voices Nelson. of Judd right. Nelson, Orson so, Welles. It's like who? Like yeah. The only but way- a movie's not gonna pay a premium rate for a name actor and not, not use it in him. their marketing. They gotta bill them. Now you, but, but you got a good point. Who I just cares? Yeah, but I don't they're gonna what, use it. I guess it's just yeah, it's just weird to me because it's like maybe almost it's, ten seconds of the first. Maybe it's just an industry standard. Like they're just used to doing that, and that's what they did. Maybe they just didn't know how to make kids movie <clears throat> trailers yet. Perhaps it just struck me as really weird. Like I didn't know what audience that was meant for. Well, obviously for the future. <laughs> for us. <laughs> And what a great transition. Uh, oh, we, we kick off, uh, really, we talk about iconic moments. One of the most iconic moments in the whole movie. Absolutely. Uh, the Unicronian transformation sequence right here um, at about the 107.43 mark. So this flash of light leaks through some kind of uh, toothed panels. Mm-hmm. And uh, they open up, revealing layers upon layers Moving pieces and parts, they slide out of the way, revealing wires and pistons. Uh, Galvatron's standing on this platform. He's taken aback. He's kind of, you get a sense that he's like, what the fuck have I done? (laughs) Oh, no, I've made a terrible mistake. (laughs) Whoops. As that happens, the wall in front of him kind of slides upwards. I love that. While flooring that he stands on lifts at an angle. It tosses him off balance. He tumbles down the shape-shifting cliff that is the planet's landscape. And right before the minute ends, we see a shot that reveals kind of the whole Unicron planet. Mm-hmm. And from about the sort of equatorial region, uh, an area about the third of the size of the planet pushes out, flips open, and reveals that's in, what the, that's appears in the trailer. to be and forearms. I didn't realize when I watched this the first time earlier that there's Cybertron, Cybertron. Mm-hmm. coming up. Coming We're going to address that in the next minute. Yes, mm-hmm. good. We say it a lot, but animation is so cool, guys. Oh, man. It's, it's, uh, yeah, like, this whole transformation sequence going into the next minute, too, is just, I mean, obviously they made a meal of it, no pun intended, for, like, reasons that are clear, but it's so good. Like, it could have been, it didn't have to be as detailed as it was, and it's so amazing. But, like, imagine if transforming the toy were that complex. It should with, be. Well, lots of pistons. Yeah, you had to push like tiny little things into holes it and should, like. It should be. So I have the Transformers the movie version of the Transformers Armada Unicron, and I have never transformed it. You, you, you have the same I toy do. in the Armada, in the Armada version. I got the Armada uh, toy. How did, how, do you remember what it transforms like? Is it anything like what this? It is a little like? bit like the arms are sim- and the legs are similar. Yeah, um, there's some, you know, some of it doesn't work obviously just for physics reasons, but yeah, it's not dissimilar to the way it happens in the movie. Well, good then. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I tried to do a little research, and I guess I didn't get to it because I just have discussion notes. Info on designing Unicron. Floro Dairy. <laughs> as as I love it, it when you have notes that you're like, oops. <laughs> that never came to pass. Well, I do the research in piecemeal sometimes, and I'll leave notes for my. Usually I'll highlight it so I'll see it and remind myself that I need to go back to it, but I did not do that this time. <laughs> the past Aaron fucked up. That's right. So I guess that means it's time for... <laughs> 
Hey everybody, hey. time to go, time to script deviations, <laughs> don't you know. Is this a remix? <laughs> Great. So, mine, uh, this is Aaron speaking, I'm gonna go into mine. Uh, it's not that different. Right off the bat, Galvatron is very cocky. Uh, some of the lines are a little bit different. He says, listen to me or suffer the consequences. And Unicron says, aren't we getting pompous? Oh, that's what he says. Yeah. In the Galvatron struggles with the Matrix, gets a big shock, though, as he's struggling oh. with the Matrix. Yeah. That would have been a cool like little component. Yeah. yeah. We talk about scale, and again, if he'd have practiced that on the way over to Unicron, just maybe he would have known. You know, this isn't going to work. Ooh, uh, ooh. I'll just go give this back to the Autobots. Yeah. <laughs> or just or give him, or give Unicron the Matrix. Right. Yeah. I would like, he just what I did that him. Now. Here you go. I'm out of here. <laughs> Uh, talk about scale. The script mentions the transformation of Unicron's head is the first thing that we see transform in this version of the script. It like pops out of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I, yeah. hate that I don't like that. And the script mentions that Galvatron is maybe the size. I like this. It says it's maybe the size <laughs> of a single tooth on the horrible head that we see before us. So it's okay. All right. And I think that plays out as we go further into the transformation and get more, you know, shots mm -hmm. and comparisons. So that's mine. Ryan. Okay. Um, I'm just going to read this because it's pretty different. Like, I'm just, in it, it's pretty different than um, the way that it is in this movie. Because if you remember uh, in this version of the script, Unicron is a like an almost organic planet with grass and trees and stuff. Ingestor. Ingestor. And victory. Um, we are. We cut to a long shot of Unicron as the slurping and sighing is heard murmuring in the background. Slurping and sighing. Yep. Mm. The cold soda... Sounds like APDC after well, dark. Well, you know what episode is next? Uh-oh. You know what number it is? 69. <laughs> so you know what's going to have to go at the end of that one. Call back to Bill and Ted. <laughs> I guess. You do guess, and you will guess. And you'll be right. <laughs> the, the soda straw is no longer present. Galvatron flies into scene. Hear me, Ingester. I demand an audience at once. We follow Galvatron down through swirling clouds and once again lands on the hellish swaying tree trunk and grass area, which is even fatter and more ominous and shiny this time. Demand, Galvatron. You demand my attentiveness. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Which is a weird line. Uh, Galvatron <laughs> lands and sneakily slips a large bomb carton out and snaps it into place on the ground area and shoves grass over it to conceal it. <laughs> Talking all the while. Which I guess at this point we don't know that Unicron is the planet because I'm like, wouldn't he feel that? But yeah, that's weird. It doesn't matter because it comes into play in just a second. Uh, and Galvatron says, my, my, accomplishments, my, my accomplishments have made me bold and jester. I have delivered vast scores of energy to you. Even the sacred moons of my home planet have served your hunger. Carton planting complete, he straightens up and parades boastfully. And now I have come to report the extermination of Autobot resistance. And, Gal and uh, Galvatron continues, Therefore I now ask for it. <laughs> this is not the boldest statement. Therefore I now ask for an end to our agreement. <laughs> It's so much dialogue. So in you love one, dialogue. I know, but in this but, one, he's not but, necessarily planning a devious thing. Yes, yet. he is. He planted a bomb. Oh, you know, I really quick. Yeah, I will have to say that my favorite movie of all time, The Road Warrior, uh -huh. has Almost very no little dialogue. <laughs> so I might have to reevaluate. But it is long and plotting. I don't. Th I think you. Just, it is. Right. I think you just like complicated movies. I don't know. 
I don't know how. Anyway, this is not. We Maybe don't have to so. relitigate this. Oh uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, and Jester laughs, and the force of it whips the grass and tree trunks. It causes lightning flashes and thunder, which rocks the surface. And he says, "Never draw mine for eternity." Galvatron sarcastically. Then prepare to meet your destiny, you bloated, gluttonous planet, master. Is that what he says? Yeah. Wait a minute. He Which is not that. sarcasm. You bloated, gluttonous planet master. Yeah, okay. He says exactly that. Right. It's not. That's not sarcasm, though. I don't know how that would be sarcastic. Planet but, master. And then he points to and says, I have set an enhanced thermocharge. When I detonate it, it will burrow into the core of this world and destroy it. And you, whoever you are, now taste my wrath. Which has hmm. stayed through all of the... Uh, wow, this, yeah, this is way off. The bomb sizzles and glows and erupts in a white-hot cascade of froth like white lava, which eats swiftly down into the surface, leaving a widening borehole from which white-hot lava spurts and causes the surface to undulate and, gro- and glow. It's like his blood is lava? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like that, yeah. And the wild winds and lightning effects now whipping the grass and tree trunks, and then the ghostly voice says, <sighs> At last... The final bit of energy which will at last unlock me from my slumber. At last! You at s- last! Free! You sound like a Muppet. I know, it went into a we- <laughs> That voice is hard to do. I felt my vocal cords starting to get tired, and so I had to switch it up a little bit. is for cookies. It's <laughs> for me. I was getting more of an animal vibe, oh, really? but yeah, was, it's all point taken. Galvatron reacts with growing terror as beneath him the, rock, the, the rocks shift and the landscape starts rising and undulating like a new mountain range and as the grass waves rippling we pull back Galvatron grabs a tree trunk and holds on for his life and keeps pulling back and we zoom away to reveal rippling muscles beneath the surface of the planet of Unicron as those muscle contour and flex and swell out and away from the spherical form we change to a horizontal angle on Unicron and it swells and a smooth pale moon starts to arise from the surface only it's not a moon it's the huge brow and then the eyebrows of a colossal robot head Whoa. So, so wait, his head is separate from his body? No, it's just rising out like a moon. Oh, I see. Huh. Um, yeah. I will skip a little bit of this. There's a jaw, like, <laughs> um, a jaw bone comes into frame, and then essentially it is kind of the same where he just, like, shakes off the organic parts of the planet. Um, although there is, like, still hair on like the Like a wet dog? Well... There are still organic, like the two other organic mechanisms bolted in place and rotating wildly as they iris, then the white of the creature's vast moon-sized eye. All He uses moon and continent a lot. Um, the living interacting separate but integrated parts, which are the planet itself! And they open to reveal, again, I don't think he understands how big things are, because he says a galaxy-sized robot, which is not possible, <laughs> but... Um, and then it recedes and bursts forth, and then a hand and a continent-sized arm following it and flexing into space. Remember, continent-sized arm. That will come back next week. So he's like, it just. I think he's using words that mean big, but he's very he needs wildly. More. He's he got needs more. Yeah, words he's, he's that got mean his, big. He's obviously got his thesaurus out. He's. <laughs> I don't think he does because I don't think he knows how big it's a galaxy moon or a continent or is. Continent size. Yeah. Uh, you know, guys, business idea. I don't know anything about the economics of comic books. You're not an economist. But, um, we should pitch to IDW Comics. And Ryan, maybe you are the illustrator for this. I don't know why they wouldn't love a story by people who are unknown and an artist who's never done anything. Well, (laughs) it's not a story by somebody unknown. I think think it would be way too expensive and too... 
to do uh, time consuming to animate. But uh, uh, what about a graphic novel that is like the Friedman cut? The original script. The original Friedman cut of Transformers the movie. We probably have to get him and whoever owns the rights to it to sign off. I would assume that, well, first of all, IDW owns all the licensing, so it would have to be a deal with them. Sure. Licensing from a comic book format. Sure. They would probably maybe have the ability. It probably is Mart or Hasbro that owns the the script right. itself. I would illustrate it in a heavy metal type of of graphic novel like formatting. Like I would make it super fantasy. I think you could homage the Floro Dairy drawings. Yeah, maybe. Absolutely. I I've actually in my mind I immediately thought of George Perez's pencil. Like I love his work on the Transformers. Like the all the heavy uh, blacks. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. No, I must be thinking of something. Oh, you're thinking of Andrew Wildman. No, maybe I'm no. not. You sure? Yep. <sighs> I'm thinking of the one where everything's very. Ang- it's like. Oh, per- I know exactly. I know who you're talking about. I'm blanking on it. Jo- Jeff. Jeff. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Senior. That's it. Jeff Senior. Yeah. Yeah, I love his stuff. I would love to get some original art. Yeah, Jeff Senior. That's who I was thinking of. <laughs> Sorry, guy, George. I love. I love this guy's. Work. Yeah, I, I like I, all the heavy blacks and then like they're just very like dynamic. Yeah, he's great at composition. He's great at value. Mm-hmm. Like that's his. Uh, that is definitely and action. Mm, like yeah. he is just like unparalleled. He, I, I like a lot of the artists and I don't like a lot of the artists, I, but I think he's my favorite of the early. See, I, I'd go for more classic. I'd go with something uh, somebody like Boris Vallejo for something like this. Here we go. Caleb name dropping someone who he knows we don't know. <laughs> oh, I see. You're oh, going fantasy stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I would go. Would like you have to do a painterly style yeah, if you're going fantasy? Badass. Because uh, of the ingestion. There's a lot of drawings yeah, like, that get done here. Yeah, well, you know. I like that style, but not for Transformers. I, I would be very intrigued to see it for this original for the uh, this original script. It seems like Ingester would be a more see along for the me. Lines like, but I'm also thinking of like what I would want to consume. Like as a consumer, I don't want to see that. You mean ingest? Yeah, <laughs> I like if it were me buying that book, I would be very upset. To me, I think Maybe. a Floro Dairy esque style what? is sort of your middle ground. I what agree. If, what if we got? What if we convinced Floro Dairy? To illustrate for this project, have, Ryan's got to do it. We don't have the money for. Floro Dairy. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I'm just dreaming. Okay, but wouldn't that be awesome if we got Floro Dairy to actually do the illustration for the original yeah. script? I feel of like Transformers. It, I feel like he's probably hard to work with. Everything I've read indicates that to be true. <laughs> <laughs> but I do what love like the watercolor oh, yeah, on top so of pretty. line art effect and I it, do like too. the psychedelic, almost like uh, tie dye sort of. I agree. It would situation. be great. I, you know, like this makes me think. Like, That's amazing. This has got to be what we're, we're looking like, at. This is a what, 2014 Unicron illustration. That's fucking awesome from Transformers the movie concept art for yeah. Solidary. And, and, th- and this is very different from what we see on screen, but it, it, it lines up with kind sure. of, I see him shaking off his yeah. his uh, organic form. Like yeah. He's more muscular. You can see yeah. like his, his buffness. Inc- yeah, we got to post that because yeah. that's exactly in that line with what Ryan's I'll, talking I'll, I'll about. Right that, put that out on Twitter whenever we do it. And, and yeah. Well, actually, I'm going to save it. I've got some stuff to talk about floral dairy art, but I have it aligned with the next episode. Right. So. Yep, that's the end of uh, that minute in the script. All right, so that brings us to the point in time where we can. I'm the ghost of the iconic movement. <laughs> you know, I like Hi. how the ghost just interrupts me. I... Hi. <laughs> Hello. 
Uh, hey. What have you been up to, Ghost? Oh, we- Worked a double at Chico's the oh, other that's day. That's right, you got a new job. Yes. And now we just made a little extra money for my annual 4th of Brulee <laughs> celebration. Oh, oh, wow. At my house. Solid pun work. At okay. your, do you live by yourself? I live by myself and my pet. Turtles! So he's your boom mate? I have no boom mates right now, but I'm looking for some to help cover the mortgage. <laughs> so you bought the house. <laughs> Tell me more about this turtle situation. I have four turtles. Oh, four of them. They're box turtles. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to guess their names? Uh, is one of the are they based on Renaissance artists? Perhaps they are. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Botticelli. Botticelli. Yeah. Uh huh. Go on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> is three of them? You just call one of them Da Vinci. Hieronymus Booch. <laughs> okay, you went a different direction with that one. Got, got it, got it. <laughs> Heavy on the puns with that, some of them. And a couple more. I like the idea that you you have your three that are named of other obscure Renaissance painters, and then you've got Raphael. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Rodimus Bunch, Botticelli. There we go. It's really just one pun over and over. Raphael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Boothael. A fun Fourth of July. Oh yeah, what do you? Bulli. I'm sorry. What did you have? What did you do on the Fourth of July? Did you have people over? Yes, I invited a lot of people. You invited a lot, and then everybody showed up. Two. Two people showed Two up. Two people. Who were they? How do you know them? My ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Is this the one you met on Tinder? Yes. Okay. She doesn't date me anymore, but she came over. <laughs> and was the other person she brought her new boyfriend? Her new. Boyfriend. That's so awkward. Oh, man. And just a shit is he Is he also a ghost? They ended up making out okay. at my party. Good they Lord. didn't bring any food. So you did all the food. Oh, I did. Man. I made a pota- potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> Bratwursts. And a cake that I bought at TJ Maxx. You they, bought, they sell cake? Bake. Actually, I did... Fucking buy some cakes one time at TJ Maxx a long time ago. <laughs> I don't know about this. Highly, sounds highly processed. <laughs> I shot off some Roman candles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They shot off some Roman candles. Up it, inside her, it sounds made, like. <laughs> His name was Roman. So, that's on brand. Uh, when you have parties, is it, are the attendees usually more from the, the earthly realm or from limbo or the, the spectral realm? Wherever the, the party definitely was in limbo. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't play that I game. have a limbo oh, party. Yeah, there you go. What? But nobody was playing. <laughs> the turtles always win. <laughs> do, what, what kind of playlist do you uh, put together? Ooh, I have the best playlist. The Monster Mash. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I play a lot of Tears for Fears. Okay. Culture Club. Ooh, very. Uh, How about the Cure? Yeah. Cure. Very eighties. Very eighties. Uh, uh, what's the modern? Uh, yeah. Not punk. Not uh, uh, what comes after punk? Golf. New wave. <laughs> new wave. Very new wave. New wave. I mean, yeah. But I call it boo wave. 
wave. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Wave. Absolutely. <laughs> Trying to make yes. that happen. Uh, so these jams were pumping during the makeout session. Yeah, they kept making out. I told them to leave, and they oh. said no. <laughs> so I decided no. to drive over to Chico's. Okay. You clock in, ask for a clock shift. Clock in, do some overtime. On the 4th of July. Time and a half on the 4th of July. <laughs> well, great. I'm glad you stopped by today. Yes. This was a great conversation. This was a good... You don't get a lot of these, so I, know. I, mean, I cherish them. Um, let me ask you this. Did you, are you even familiar with Transformers as a concept? Or Transformers the movie? What's a Transformer? <laughs> All right, well, I guess we... Right, well, I was going to ask you if you had an iconic... Yeah. I got nothing there. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> Can't pull myself out of this one. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't watch Transformers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You broke character there. All right, well, uh, no, well, sorry. Well, uh, well, thanks for coming to visit us. Uh, we're we're going to do what we normally do when bye. you show up. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> thanks. Happy Fourth of Bula. Hashtag Bula. Yeah. Happy birthday, America. I forgot yeah. to mention that at the top of the episode. That's true. It's our 4th of July episode. Wow. we, we Coming out four days after the 4th of July. <laughs> we sure had something special for that one. Yep. Planned that out. Uh, probably our last holiday. Who's the most patriotic Transformer? I would wager it's Ultra Magnus. I was going to say he's red, white, he's and blue. red, white, and blue. Thank you. It's fantastic. Ah, that belongs in the Transformers joke book. (laughs) Our next project after the animated original script. Ryan, what was your iconic moment? I mean, I feel like it's pretty clear uh, the ship's blasting off. Obviously, no, I, obviously, I, it tears apart that planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, I mean, just seeing Unicron start to transform is amazing. I feel like it might be my. I mean, in, it, we go into the next minute, so it might also be that in the next minute. But it's so great. That might, like, if you were to say most iconic moments of the whole movie, absolutely, it would definitely be there. That's it. Yeah, uh, for sure. And uh, to, I, I don't know why this, because this isn't really that important in the scheme of things, but the chain, the, the, the Galvatron Matrix Jesus piece to me stands out. It's interesting. In its, it's different. Yeah. Oh, Jesus piece. What do you mean? That's just my. I mean, like, so, are you you're talking about, about crucifix? Yeah. They, the, they call them crucifixes. Oh, well, in the, you. Well, it, you guys aren't obviously like I connected to the world of hip hop in such a, a big way, but uh, a Jesus piece. I mean, it's generally a necklace that has Jesus on it. So it's not know. a cross. At oh, all. it's literally the face of Jesus. So it could be. It could be a cross. It could be a crucifix. I, but, I much um, prefer that. It, just, it would say. I would say it's any big chain that has a rendition of Jesus on it. It's I, I didn't think you get creepier than a dude nailed to a block of wood. That one's got face Jesus with an arrow through his head. For no, definitely did it. Jesus piece. So a Jesus piece literally is a chain, though, that has a, like the head of Jesus on it. Or a, a cross or a crucifix. Mm. I don't like it. I think it all goes back to... Um, it's predom- It's mentioned a lot in the Black rap, Sabbath. rap community. Black Sabbath had the original Jesus pieces. Oh, did they? Google oh. Black Sabbath crucifix chain. They were the originals. Oh, that say Black Sabbath on them? No. <laughs> Pictures of... They would... No, so see, God damn it. 
What uh, None of this matters. <laughs> but they wore they wore crucifix chains. They were the original. Hip hop stole everything. I mean, just I mean, it's out. obvious. Yes, uh, hip hop culture definitely always takes from takes white from culture. white culture. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yes. Everybody absolutely. knows it. Proven mm-hmm. fact. I'm glad that you have made that stand, Caleb. Uh, no, I don't agree with your stand, <laughs> but that, it's your but, right. But uh, it is clear as a First Amendment, of course. The Audubon uh, Decepticast yeah, definitely does not endorse Caleb's uh, views necessarily. I don't agree with any of this. So, no, it's fine. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's heritage, not hate. <laughs> So, so, oh um, God! <laughs> yep. So, uh, next time on the Autopod Decepticast, we'll get a brief final visit from the loneliest Decepticon of them all. But mostly, it's more Unicron transformation as we mm-hmm. see feet, hands, chests, heads. Will he spare the planet? No. Only time will tell. Sorry. Yeah. Well done. All right. I guess that's it. Uh, so <laughs> that's on the next episode. So, so be, listen. Tell your friends to listen. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Tune in. Follow us on the social medias: Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All of them at apoddcast. And of course, the web presence: autopoddecepticast.com. I think we'll put some floral dairies up there. Yep. Some matrix necklaces. Oh, of course, uh, Rocky. Chico's. Some Rocky shit. Chico's. Chico and the man. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right. Well, this was a successful episode. Have a great weekend. It everybody. was an episode. <laughs> happy, happy, happy Fourth of July. July. Bye, bye, Get bye. out of here. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs>
And that's another thing he said is like he didn't understand it. And even now he's not sure he understands it. But that's the thing you have to get away from is like trying to understand it is to just just let it wash over. It's not important. You don't need to like try to figure it out. Just let it happen. And then on rewatchings, maybe you can try to understand it, but just kind of like experience it. Well, the, 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 yeah. And, and also like there's certain aspects of it where there, there's a lot of symbolism. Mm-hmm. Like the monolith is a symbol for. A, a trigger for the next stage of human evolution. Yeah, it's a symbol and also a literal tool. For a catalyst. That. <laughs> and a, yeah, it's a catalyst. But so I just went to the Chicago uh, Art Institute. I was there last weekend, and I went to the modern art section. And you you know when you go to museums and you're in, you go to the modern art area, and there's always like a really fucked up audio visual <laughs> installation like this could be just this on a widescreen could be an audio visual installation at any modern art museum like 2001 yeah 2001 a space odyssey it's it i mean th- like because no. you're right like the okay. art and how it's okay anyway so art the and art and how the art and how it is framed up and just the composition of every single shot in addition with the just alarming and disarming nature yeah. of the the music, the score, well, now you're going, everything like that. I mean, it's very... Well, it's I, I Now know, you're getting into talking about... It's abstract. Now you're getting into talking about Kubrick's cinematography style. the Whatever they call the layout of the picture, the right. framing. I'd call it compositions, compositions I guess. Or, or, but I wouldn't call it abstract. No, a, I would just say that a, a smart... I would say the combination of... Uh, the visuals and the audio makes for a movie that, and and also just the non-literal storytelling makes it abstract. I mean, yes, you are seeing things that are defined and are what they are supposed to be visually, but you don't like from a just an overarching movie standpoint. What the fuck is this? <laughs> it's like that's what I mean by abstract. No. There's a I, whole. If I, may I still think 2001 is not necessarily a, a completely abstract movie. I think that you could take key elements of it are. To me, Stract. make are stracked. Yep, <laughs> is that There's actually a, whole, a word? No, I don't think so. There but are ships. There I, are monoliths. There is also a man that turns into a space baby. Right. The very very end of it is heavily symbolic. I mean, he involves he evolves to the next level of human consciousness. And, and what? It, how do you represent that? And how you how do you represent that on film? And he made a giant space baby. There's a whole fascinating story behind the music, too, which we don't have time to go into. But, like, the whole story of how that music came to be is really... like, And, like, Kubrick kind of did some weird shit of, like, with the original composer. Just kind of was, like, had him do his thing and then just didn't tell him he wasn't putting any of that music in the movie. Mm. Anyway, it's interesting. Go listen to that episode oh, of So welcome Craigslist. to the Kubrick cast. <laughs> I was going to say. Subdivision of the Rocky cast, a subdivision <laughs> of Transformers. Transformers. 2001 to 2005. Oh, nice segue. <laughs> All right. So uh, wanna, do we need to wrap up the rack, Rocky Rundown? I think this we, was our clean, clean, <laughs> Rocky Rundown. Ryan, yeah, we'll edit that, that into magic. That'll be the end of that segment for <laughs> the rest of the show. <laughs> Brussels, Brussels, where we sell good.